You know what a great invention is, everybody? The printing press. We had a problem. The distribution of information. Well, the printing press solved that. Information is power. There was a massive release in power when the printing press was invented. Inventions. There's a problem. There's an idea. There's a solution. I'm here today with that big building over my shoulder. It's the Bureau of Engraving and Printing. There's some wonderful printing presses in there, and they're making green paper. Wouldn't you like to get your hands on a couple pallets of what's inside that building? That'd be absolutely awesome. But here's the thing. Here's, I'm going to talk about what I want to talk about today. Maybe kind of not so much getting more, but being fully satisfied with what you have. Oh man, it feels terrible inside when you just like, I got to have more and I can't be satisfied. I just can't be present and enjoy what I have. Isn't that a terrible feeling with not being fully satisfied with what you have? So it's nice to have more. It's good to have more. And maybe, maybe as a result of today's message, you'll see and where God could help you to have more. But you know what? There's something far more important than that. That's being satisfied with what you have. Proverbs 13, 14. This is what it says. Wise instruction. That's the ideas in the Bible. Wise instruction is a spring yielding what? A satisfied life. That's what you want. That's what I really want. Those who follow it avoid the traps that lead to death. We're going to talk about avoiding money traps today. There are money traps that are out there. And what is the great and grand biblical idea that's going to keep us from those money traps? There's an antidote. And here it is. It's in Genesis chapter 2, verses 2 and 3. By the seventh day, God had finished the work he had been doing. So on the seventh day, he rested from all his work. Then, watch this, he blessed the seventh day and made it holy. What's up with the seventh day, the Sabbath day? Seven is the most significant number in the Bible. The Bible begins with seven words. What is with the Sabbath day, the seventh day? It's holy. How can we experience the blessing of this very holy day? It's not a place. It's not a space. It's a moment in time. It happens every week. It lasts for 24 hours. It is a moment of time that is holy. The Bible is more interested in moments in time than it is in places and spaces. Jesus says, my time has not yet come. And then he says, my time is here. My time has fully come. The Bible says for such a time as this, the Bible says there is a time for everything that is under the sun. The Bible is a lot about moments in time. And the Sabbath is a moment in time that is holy. What exactly is the Sabbath, everybody? In the ancient Near East, where the Bible was written, that period of time when the Bible was written, Sabbath was unparalleled. People who followed the Bible, the Israelites, the Jewish people, Nobody ever heard anything like this before. We don't work. Imagine showing up for a job. You just get hired for a job and say, hey, look, there's one thing, Mr. Boss or Mrs. Boss, about this job. I need 52 days of vacation. You don't have to pay me, but I need 52 days of vacation right from the start. What is up with this Sabbath and not working? The Sabbath is so important, everybody. Then when you think about the Ten Commandments, the Ten Commandments, the famous Ten Commandments, everyone, the Sabbath is the longest of the commands. It gets more attention than any of the other commandments. It is the only command that gives you a reason why you should follow it. What is up with that? Why is the Sabbath so powerful? It is the only ritual of all the famous Ten Commandments. There's just something powerful 
about the Sabbath day that we need to understand and embrace in our life. When you consider the way the Bible talks about the Sabbath, it says it's holy. It is holy. That's a word reserved for God. It is holy. But you know what? You and I can become holy. You and I can become holy when we act like God. And the day to act like God more than any other day is on the Sabbath day. It's the day we reflect God. We're image bearers of God. What is the Sabbath? You think about the way that biblical scholars have talked about the Sabbath, the amazing things that they say. Abraham Joshua Heschel, he wrote many books, but his most famous book, most popular and powerful book is a book called simply The Sabbath. And here's what he says. The Sabbath is the most precious present mankind has received from the treasure house of God. What? Are you serious? The Sabbath? What is the Sabbath? And why is it the antidote to my life's dissatisfaction? He says the Sabbath is the Jewish people's great cathedrals. He says, the Sabbath is the fountainhead of eternity. And then finally, he says this at the very end of his book. There are few ideas in the world of thought which contain so much spiritual power as the idea of the Sabbath. What in the world is the Sabbath? And how is it the antidote to all of my dissatisfaction with life? What is the Sabbath for me? I've grown up in church. I've been in church all my life. I say this all the time. I was birthed on a pew. The Sabbath for me growing up, my understanding of it, we went to church. We had a big lunch. We took a nap. You never worked on this. You do not work on the Sabbath. You pay people to work on the Sabbath by going out to a restaurant and then you criticize them for working on the Sabbath. What is the Sabbath? Is it just not working? Is that what it means? And you look down on, down on the people that do. What if your child, what if somebody you love dearly was seriously injured and you take them to the hospital and you're like, you're, you're frantic and you, you carry, you run up carrying them to the door and you pound on the door and the doors to the hospital are closed to the emergency room. It's the Sabbath. We're closed. We're not working. Your house is on fire. You call the fire department. You get a recording. It's the Sabbath. We're closed. Do you really like the Sabbath? Is that what? It, is that the intent? Is that what this great, grand, biblical idea that is packed with so much power, gift from God, is that what the Sabbath means? What exactly is the Sabbath? Everybody, we're talking about the power of biblical thinking. We're talking about these great ideas that have changed the world, that were introduced to us in the pages of the Bible. Last week, we talked about great biblical idea number one, and that is God has great faith in you. I will never, you will never, we will never experience the transforming power of God. We'll never experience all that God has for us until we embrace and immerse ourselves in Genesis 1, 26, and that is that God has great faith in you. And that story is played out from start to finish in the Bible. God has great faith in you. That is great grand biblical idea number one. Now, what is biblical idea number two? Idea number two is you have to remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. I would like to read to you from Exodus 20, the 10 commandments. These are the verses about the Sabbath. Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work. But the seventh day, the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. 
That day is holy. The Sabbath is holy. That's a word reserved for God. And yet we, when we act like God in that moment of time, can be holy like God because it's where heaven and earth come together. It's where this world and the world to come intersect. And we are holy because we act like God. It is a day, everybody, and here's where we act like God. It's a day of giving, not getting. It's a day where we're focused all of our attention, not on God give me more or I need more or I need something else. The Sabbath is a day that we don't pray for more. The Sabbath is a day that we give thanks for what we already have. God is a giver. He is other focused. And the Sabbath is a day where we put a hold on consumption. We cease all of that and we're just focused on giving, on being godly on being image bearers of God. It's a moment of time where we cease consuming and we give. The Sabbath is all about freedom. Jonathan Sachs says the Sabbath is a sustained protest against slavery because everybody's free on the Sabbath. Everybody is released on the Sabbath. It is a sustained protest against slavery. It is a cease, a ceasing of us being consumers because why? Because consumers get consumed. We live in a consumer society, a consuming culture. There's never enough. History will tell you that. Humanity, I got to have more. I got to have it. And we're never satisfied with what we have. Consumers get consumed. And the Sabbath is the antidote to all that dissatisfaction in your life and in my life. The Sabbath is that antidote. We live in the most affluent society that has ever existed in the history of the world, and yet hopelessness and dissatisfaction and frustration, all of those things are existing in ever-increasing amounts. Our youth, our teens, so important. I mean, you're at the start of your life. There's so much hope, and yet teenagers tell us today, and all of this affluence that we're experiencing, that their life satisfaction is dramatically going down How is that possible? Kate Pickett and Richard Wilkinson write in their book, The Spirit Level, it is a remarkable paradox that at the pinnacle of human material and technical achievement that we find ourselves anxiety-ridden, prone to depression, worried about how others see us, unsure of our friendships, driven to consume, and with little or no community life. How is this happening? How is it happening? Thomas Hobbes says, There is a perpetual and restless desire of power after power that ceases only in death. Consumers are getting consumed. We're killing ourselves. We need an antidote to this problem, this dissatisfaction of life. We need the water of life. We need the Sabbath day because it is the antidote to the dissatisfaction. It'll turn our lives around. It is the great grand biblical idea that solves our problem that we have. Jonathan Sachs says, when money rules, we remember the price of things, but we forget the value of things. The Sabbath is a moment in time, a holy moment in time that takes place every single week. It's not about a place. It's not about a space. It's a time when we give forgiveness, that we release other people, that we bring people to free them when we're other focused. There's a famous rabbi in New York. He's passed away now. 
But people from all over the world would come to see him. And he received a letter one day from a very, very wealthy person. And this person says, you know what? I have so much. I have so much money. I have so many houses. I have so many cars. I have so many friends. I have this great family. I have everything. I take incredible vacations, and yet I'm credibly dissatisfied. Rabbi, what do I do? And the rabbi replied without writing one single word. He just wrote a circle around every eye, every eye, every eye. Reminds us of the book of Ecclesiastes, that great book in the Bible, where the writer says, I have this and I have that and I've done this and I've done that, I, I, I. And yet, vanity of vanities, life is completely useless and empty. That is when we we are consumers, we get consumed. And the Sabbath is the antidote that because it's a day that we forget about consumption. We don't pray, God, give me more. We give thanks to God for what we already have. It's a day that we act like God and become image bearers of God and we forget about I and instead we give forgiveness. Do you need to forgive somebody? Of course you do. We all need to forgive somebody. I need to forgive somebody. It's a regular occurring thing. It's a day that we give forgiveness. We give mercy. We give grace. We give thanks. We give praise. You know, Jewish husbands on the Sabbath would sing a song of thanks and praise over their wives. Would you like your husband to do that? Maybe your husband can do that right after the service is over. A song of thanks. It's a day that we give thanks and praise. It's a day that's all about giving. It's a day of giving. And yes, it is a day of giving money. Actually money. You know, the problem that we have is we're so rich, but we're so dissatisfied with what we have. We're lacking satisfaction. And God can actually give us satisfaction for what we have instead of this constant just frustrating search for more, 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 more. The Bible has so much to say practically about money, the dangers of debt, the beauty of a budget, the importance of diversification, the dignity of labor, so many great things about money. But it also talks about the importance of giving and of tithing. Now, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say some things here, but I want to say, I'm not asking you, I'm not asking you to give because some of us, we've heard, you know, preachers like me just really just get out of context, twist scripture, do stuff, whatever, whatever, right? And so we're like gun shy of that whole thing. Okay. So I will say what I always say. If you think I'm just simply after your money and I'm not, I want you to understand this biblical idea that will completely transform your life. But if you think I'm just after your money, then you can give it to another church. You can give it, it's okay. I just want you to understand the power of this idea. I said this a few weeks ago, and the statistic just blows my mind. Some people think the Bible, now hold on, I'm gonna, I'm gonna come back to the money thing in just a second. Some people think the Bible, ah, it has nothing to say about science, and it's just a bunch of fairy tales. And I said this statistic, which seems just crazy. The people who wrote the Bible, the people who wrote the Bible, the Jewish people, make up 0.02% of the population, and yet they've won 20% of the Nobel Prizes for science and math. Now, please, somebody throw it in the chat. What's the math on that? It's impressive. It's outstanding. It is absolutely phenomenal. But it's not the number one area that they've won Nobel Prizes. You know what it is? Those people who make up 0.02% of the population have won 36 percent of the Nobel Prizes for economics. Can you, I need a Bible. Can, you, 
Thank you very much. I need a book. I need to know. The people that wrote the Bible run 36% of the Nobel Prizes for economics. I need to know what in the world is in this Bible that is so powerful, this life-changing to me financially. I gotta know that. What are these ideas in this Bible that will completely transform my financial life? Okay, that's, thank you very much. So, uh, here we go. Malachi 3. There's a lot of verses in the Bible about money, but I just want to read to you Malachi chapter 3. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse. All right, so the storehouse is your local church, synagogue, okay? The tithe is 10% of your gross income. Again, for some of us, like, whoa, are you crazy? Okay, just hang with me, hang with me. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, everybody. It's the only place in the Bible that says we can test God. Every other place is you should trust God. This is the one place and it has to do with money. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing on you, there will not be room enough to store it. On the Sabbath, the Sabbath is all about giving. It's giving, 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 giving love, giving forgiveness. We're not asking for things. We're we're saying thank you for what we already have. And yes, giving of the tithe to God. Finances, you know what? We're God's not really interested in money, but we're really interested in money and God doesn't want money to stand in our way of experiencing the life that he has for us. So we give time and energy and attention to giving and to even to tithing. He's a very wealthy man. He had made so much money by the time he turned 40 that he went ahead and retired. And one day somebody said to him, tell me how much you're worth. And he he gave a number that was far too low. And the person said, that number's far too low. I know you're worth a whole lot more than that. He said, you asked me what I was worth. You didn't ask me what I owned. I own a whole lot more than the number I just gave you. But my worth is measured by how much I have given, how much I have shared with God and with others. That is my real value. When we give, God does an amazing thing in our life, and that includes when we give the tithe to God. What are we willing to share? It says the floodgates of heaven will be open. That's access. You know what the Sabbath is? It's holy. It's where... God's world, where eternity intersects with our world. It's where the two overlap. It's the fountainhead of eternity, as Abraham Joshua Heschel says. It's when we do that, that we experience that access with God, that we we finally, that sigh of relief, I am satisfied with what I have. It is a beautiful, beautiful thing. You know, it is great having stuff. It is great having money and having more and more and more, but there's something far deeper than that, and that is being fully satisfied with what you already have. Oh, man, don't you want that? I do. That feeling, that sigh of relief, like, oh, yes, I'm just satisfied. I'm fully satisfied with what I, I'm fully present. I'm not just, oh, I got to have more. I got to have more. I got to have more. Oh, man, God can bring that to you. That's the antidote, the powerful antidote of biblical idea number two, the Sabbath. That's what we have. We have an abundance of satisfaction in God. Uh, I did something recently with my kids. Actually, my whole family, we got together. I've been talking to my kids. My kids, you know, they're, they're working jobs now. They're making money. I've been talking to them about tithing. So we got the Bible. We opened it up to Malachi chapter three and we got down on our knees 
and we read these incredible verses and we talked about tithing and then we prayed on our knees because Sabbath is holy, giving is holy, and tithing is a spiritual act of worship to God. It's a holy moment. And we prayed, all of us prayed about this. And then I just said to my kids, watch what happens. And I'm pretty confident in that. You know why I'm so confident? It's not because I'm all cocky, okay? It's because for 20 years at Grace Community Church, I've experienced story after story after story in my own life and in other people's lives. People would wave me over, say, hey, John, could you come here? I just want to talk to you real quick about something. You know, you talked about that tithing thing, John, and I thought that was the craziest thing I've ever heard before. I've never heard of anything like that. But John, one day I just got wild. I said, you know, I'm going to try it. You only live once, so I tried it, and I prayed, and I tithed to God, and John, I can't explain it, but stuff started happening in my life. Hey, John, I got this check in the mail I wasn't expecting. Hey, John, uh, I got a promotion. Hey, John, I got a raise. Hey, John, this, that, that. Hey, John, uh, story after story after story. I just told my kids, you watch what is going to happen next because stuff is going to happen. Sabbath is the antidote to the dissatisfaction of our lives. You know what? You want to know if God exists. Is there anybody up there? Sabbath, give. Don't become a consumer. Consumers get consumed. Focus on giving. Remember the Sabbath day because it is holy. It is biblical idea number two that is powerful and completely transformed. If you want your life to be transformed, then remember the Sabbath because it is holy. Now, maybe you don't believe me. Maybe you don't believe all the stories and all the stats and all the things that I've shared, all the incredible things and the quotes out of the Bible. Maybe you will believe Washingtonian Magazine. I just want you all to take a look at this Right here, Washingtonian, right on the cover, gratitude. I know some of you read Washingtonian magazine. I have to read you. It's what is in here, it is absolutely incredible. So there haven't been a lot of studies on gratitude. They call it gratitude. We'll call it Sabbath because that's what Sabbath is. Sabbath is all about giving. It's all about being like God. And God is a constant a giver. He's not a consumer. So say there haven't been a lot of studies on it. But in the last number of years, dozens and dozens and dozens, there's just been a huge explosion in studies on gratitude. Let me give you some numbers. If you are a person of gratitude, you'll be 25% happier. You'll be 29% better sleep quality. You need to sleep better? 29% better if you take a Sabbath. 12% lower blood pressure. 23% lower stress hormones. Ready for this one? It's a big number. 41% lower risk of depression. Now that's satisfaction with life. The Sabbath is absolutely powerful. And I want to read you Washingtonian Magazine. You ready? Gratitude brings so many benefits. Gratitude has the power to heal, to energize, and to change lives. There is no domain in which gratitude is shown to make life worse. That's the power of the Sabbath. That's the power of the ideas from the Bible. They're proven. They're powerful. It's incredible. Please remember the Sabbath. And finally, Financial Peace University. Please sign up for that. If you've never been through it, it is a great course. We've seen people just get rid of tens of thousands of worth of of debt from their lives from that. A lot of practical stuff in Financial Peace University. Well, That's it for today. I'll see you next week for biblical idea number three.
God bless.